Welcome to The Influential Parent. We are your hosts, Amanda Blake and Nikki Porter. This podcast provides both a parent and educator perspective and the facts in order to help parents become informed about all things tech, whether it is social media, apps, or the websites that our children have access to. This podcast will hopefully help you navigate the ever-changing technology journey with your children. Welcome back to our summer series of Keeping Our Kids Active and Preventing the Summer Slide. This series provides our listeners with some ideas that involve technology and some ideas that won't require our kids being on their devices. So Amanda, as we were getting ready with this particular episode, you had not heard of geocaching. Right. Geocaching using, it is a device that you use, but you're actually outside moving around. As we were leading up to it, listeners, Amanda didn't know what it was. And so we organized the team to go out and geocache. So then Amanda would have some more background context to be able to to talk about what geocaching is. We know that's kind of like a scavenger hunt or treasure hunt, like you're playing the pirates, arg, (laughs) to find the treasure. And that's what it really is. Yes. Very much like a, a real world global scavenger hunt. Yes, it is. And so that is our episode today is geocaching. And we'll be able to tell you about what geocaching is and tell you about our experience yes. one afternoon as a team going out. So. so geocaching is an outdoor recreational activity in which... Participants use a GPS-enabled device, so it could be your phone. Mm -hmm. There are GPS devices that you could use if you didn't want to have your phone, but the idea is to, it's a hide-and-seek containers, and those are called geocaches, and they're at specific locations. They're marked by coordinates all over the world, Mm -hmm. so it's not just local. So if you're going on vacation, family, and you need to find something to do, This is a great opportunity. So, but you're going out in nature. The goal is to find the cash and you're using clues or hints that are provided online. And Nikki, I'll tell you, you just mentioned about going on vacation, but where you took us on our field trip was right here in town. Yes. It's somewhere that I go every day. I was going to say, you're there every day. And you were like, this is where we're going. And we showed up and there was like four or five. Yes. So even if, even if our families aren't going out of town, there's a lot you can do in town just for those little day activities. At, at your national parks, at just your neighborhood parks. Yes. They're there as well. Um, and so, cause they can be hidden anywhere and they can be hidden in different types of container containers. So they can range in like a tiny container or even like a large metal box, which is what we found yes. with the three that we ended up looking for. So now inside this container, you'll see a log book that mm-hmm. you sign. And sometimes there's little trinkets or toys or something that you kind of trade. You, it's kind of one of those that you take one and you leave one. Yes. Uh, within that box. So the, the goal of geocaching is just really find as many caches as possible. And people do travel around the world just to geocache. What? Yes. Okay. 
And it's, I didn't realize as I was kind of going through, this became popular in 2000. Geocaching has been around. Really? Now, I remember as a teacher, I took my kids on a geocache because we had the GPS um, okay. systems and we didn't use the phone. We used the, yeah. the, the, the GPS and we just walked here to where this building is now okay. from our school, got the field trip yeah. permission forms. We walked. It was two blocks away. Oh, my gosh. And the kids loved it. Yes, that excitement of looking for something and who's going to find it, kind of, yes. which is what we experienced on, on our little team field trip. Right. Uh, we all had our phones, and it was a little bit tricky to figure out in what direction are you supposed to go in. Yes. But before we get into that, okay. let's kind of just talk about where to get started because, Amanda, you did have to get started when we yes. went. So tell us what you ended up having to do. All right. When we got to the park, I had to get the app. Yes. And I guess I could have done that anywhere. So <laughs> you helped me get this geocaching app, and it is like a little green icon. So I have an Android phone, and it was readily available, but you know, others on our team have Apple devices. So yes. It was readily available for them. So once I got the app, I did come up with a username. And like we've talked about on here so much, I did not use my real name. I didn't use any identifying information right. just to come up with a, a username, which and we'll kind of go, go along with the, as we go on through the process, but that's how you kind of sign in yeah. when you find these apps. Yes. So it's like, cause these, you log online too, yes. as well as the log book that's in the container. So when I got on the app, there is a map feature and I could select the choice to say, find things near me. And it kind of zoomed me out on this Google earth looking map and it said, here are the ones kind of in the area. And I could select which one I wanted to go. So we selected the one that looked the closest. Yes. All right. So that, from that point, I really just followed your lead. You told me which one to click on. Because I was like, I don't know where we are. So you told me which one to click on. And then you kind of took over as, you know, our, our geocache guide. Yes. And so these geocaches all have a name. That kind of is a clue to yes. it as well. I want to just let you know that as you choose one of the geocaches, because they might have multiple, you do want to look to see the difficulty of finding it. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do have a description of it, so in, just basically some details that you want to understand, and then it does tell you the size of the box to look for. Yes. Um, you're going to learn that, that when the geocache was placed, so and then the most recent time someone had found it, because each time, as you mentioned, you're not just logging the book in the container, you're also logging, so you can actually keep track to see how many people, and somebody had just found the, the same geocaches, I think it was the day before. The day before. Yeah. Yep. So it was, it was interesting. So we opened up the cache and said, this is the one that we're going to find. And your phone changes into the GPS at that moment. And mm -hmm. it, it tells you, you have the arrow and you have a line and you're supposed to follow it. So if you start to turn left, you might see that you're going in the wrong direction. So you're really following 
And it did say like you're 320 feet away. Yes. You know, that number would get smaller. And then on one of our later geocaches, it was like you're 42 feet away, you're 41 feet away. And then it was like you're 44 feet away, you're 45 feet away. So I knew that I needed to adjust my kind of direction that I was moving. Yes, absolutely. And once it gets even closer, like say within 15 feet... Um, that's kind of when you stop looking. And one of the things that we realized that that day is trying to watch your phone and walk yes. is hard. <laughs> Especially in the woods, you know, yes. in nature. In nature. I know I was worried, a little bit worried about snakes because it's that time of year. and But it's also all the trees that are down and the, mm-hmm. the plants and everything. So it was a challenge. And once you get to like under, say, 15 feet, you kind of stop looking on your phone and you start kind of looking to see, okay, can you see the cache? Some are a little more challenging to find. Mm-hmm. They hide them very good. And some are kind of more in the open. I will say our, this was a, a good, but also bad thing because the ones we found were, you described it as an ammo box. Yes. And so they were pretty large. I mean, it was probably like eight inches across by five inches tall or something. So it was a a good size. They were kind of relatively easy to spot. They were hidden in the leaves and just a tree, a tree, which we'll which we'll talk about. And uh, but you sent a video to us earlier in that week of a tiny, tiny, tiny one that someone had found. Like it was. Remember those old, I think it was like those old film canisters. Yeah. And I was like, how would you even find something that small? Yes. So first, did you found the first one. I, I did. I found the yes, first one. Yes, you found <laughs> the first one. Our teammate who also had never been geocaching yep. before, she found the second one. And Amanda found the third. You found and the third one. With, with the help of Amanda, because I was like, I can't figure out where this thing is because my phone was a little off compared to your phone. Yes. So that's the one of the hard parts of how... So when I say 15 feet, you kind of really want to start looking around because mm-hmm. you just don't know. It's not 100% accurate. Right. That would get, take some of the fun out of it. It sure would. Led you right and, to it. And so you ended up helping me... Because you had walked right past it like twice, and you were like, I don't know where it is. And I was like, oh, man, she's right on top of it. Yes. But it was hidden. It was. It, it was, was hidden a little bit. And think about if it was a smaller box. Oh, my gosh. I never would have found it. But, okay, so since it was your first time geocaching, what do you think of the experience? Like, what would you tell our listeners about the experience geocaching? Okay, I thought it was super fun. One thing I really liked about it, and you mentioned that it looked like someone had been a day ahead of us in the log books. They had signed their name and the date. Yes. And I really did feel like a part of something, like a part of this community. And I cannot remember the username, like their kind of code geocaching name that was written in the book. But but I was like, oh man, like, we're all doing this. Yeah. You know, like I'm a part of a game. Yes. And I did like that it, I mentioned before, I go there every day. Yep. And I felt like, oh, I know what's around. 
But this actually challenged me to look at the park in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Got me off the beaten path, literally. You said when you're out there running that you see people in the wooded area. (laughs) And one of the areas where we found our third one, I have seen families like (laughs) up in that area. And I... I always want to stop and be like, are you lost? Like there's, you know, do you need some help? The trail is pretty obvious, I would think. I'll see like a kid's bike sitting there because they've kind of wandered off. And I was like, what are these people doing way off of the trail? And because that's one of the ones we found, now I know what they're up to when they head off in that direction. Yep. So it's great because it was a family doing it. This is such a fun activity to do outside. And I know summers here are hot. Yes. And so it may not necessarily be a great summer activity, (laughs) maybe early morning or something. Mm -hmm. But again, if you travel, Mm -hmm. if you say go to the beach or somewhere else that's a little bit cooler, you can find geocaches anywhere. You're not limited to just being at home with it. Right. And... You're using your device in a different way. You're having to do some reading. Mm-hmm. You're having to try to figure out based on the clues mm-hmm. of where this cache is. And it kind of generates that conversation with family members. Yes. I was thinking about this podcast and doing this with, with kids and being outside. You're looking around. You're curious. You're trying to problem solve because at one point we've thought we were supposed to go in a certain direction, but we knew there was kind of this river over there. And we're like, okay, well, how do we get over there without having to cross this river? (laughs) Or if there was stuff in the way, you're kind of using just some of those reasoning skills. Well, I I can't walk in a straight line, but how do I get from there to there safely? I do have to go around and try and figure out how to best access this, this hidden cache. Yeah. So you mentioned going with a family, and that's definitely one safety feature I can see in that. When we were out there, I feel pretty comfortable being in the park, but one of our teammates, she doesn't go to that park all the time. And to send someone off into the woods at a park where they don't often go, I can see how going as a team or going as a group Not only is it more fun, but it kind of adds into that safety factor as well. Yes. You make a great point, Amanda. There are some things and some tips to consider with for geocaching. You had said this is not something that you really allow your young kids to go and do by themselves. Buddy Mm -hmm. them up. It's got to be a group of people that go out. And it is more fun with a group of people. If you have young kids, they should not go on their own. Have them accompanied by an adult and in teenagers mm-hmm. as a group. It's a great group activity. You do have to have some sort of a GPS-enabled device, mm-hmm. smartphone or the GPS receiver, because that's what you use to find the caches. And one thing that we, I mean, it was kind of an afterthought, but, you know, you mentioned in the summer, it is hot. Make sure you bring some water with you, because I will tell you, when we went out, I thought we were just going to be looking for one or maybe two, but... We kind of got excited about it, and so we went off to find a third one. Yeah. So you do want to make sure and have water with you, 
probably some sunscreen here yes. for our southern summers. And because of where we were, I would definitely bring bug spray if it was just a little bit later in the season. Yes, and definitely check that weather forecast because you want to dress appropriately. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, we were wearing jeans yes. at the time because we were going out off the trail. Off the trail. And as I was saying, it was the snakes and poison ivy that yeah. uh, concerned me, but we were good where we were, so... So Nikki, you've been geocaching before, so you're like an experienced member of this community. So can you give us a, some other tips about being part of this geocache community? Like what are some other kind of norms that the community follows? Well, they do respect the environment and they follow the leave no trace principle. Okay. You don't want to disturb any plants or wildlife and you don't leave your trash behind. So mm -hmm. you mentioned the water bottle. Make sure mm -hmm. it gets into a trash and that not, yep. not in the in the wooded area or wherever it is. So always put the cache back exactly where you found it and make sure it's concealed so then it's not easily spotted by others. Right. That's a, a critical part because if you move it, the GPS, the waypoint to find it has to be exactly that point. Mm -hmm. Thinking about how my GPS was off and I don't know if maybe the cache was moved or something. Mm -hmm. So you do want to leave it where you found it. Mm -hmm. Another one, we talked about the signing the log book, both online and in the cache. In the, and then if they have items in there, you can take one, but the they say to leave one. So it's a take yes. one, leave one, like we had talked about before. So, Okay, so there's also another rule that I actually got in trouble for. Because when we went out, we got to our first one and, you know, we were all spread out looking for it. And I was like, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here. You guys. Yes. So because what's, what's the etiquette so, there when you're geocaching? Okay. And they call them. And this is something that you were interested in as well. You have to look out for muggles. Ah, Non-magical people. non geocachers <laughs> those are the people that are not geocaching as they may accidentally discover that cache or maybe disrupt it and that so if they find these caches out there these metal containers and they're not familiar with geocaching it could disturb it it could be yeah. gone so yeah don't shout out <laughs> i found it okay i learned quickly yeah. nikki a moment ago you mentioned waypoint so, you know, we've talked about using your device to kind of locate it. Can you talk a little bit more about those waypoints? Yes, those are specific coordinates that mark important locations that are related to that particular cache. And this could also include the starting location of what they call multi-caches. And the multi-caches, it's multiple places that you have to go look for. Okay. So it's not just one, it could be a multi-cache. So there's multiple... Like a series. Clues. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. So these are created by the cache owner and added to the cache list on the website. And so it's just really helps with the main coordinates and it's marked with unique icons to indicate their purpose. They'll offer you some more descriptions or maybe some more clues with additional information that helps 
the geocacher located. Another interesting thing, you've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, and I was very new to all of this, but we've talked on our podcast before about our kids being creators versus consumers of media. This is kind of a half and half technology. It's like technology versus back to nature, you yeah. know, you're outside. So you've hinted at it a couple of times, but can we go back to that idea of kids being creators or consumers and how that relates to geocaching? So that's great. So yes, you can be the consumer where you're mm -hmm. using it to find some a different cache, but you can also create a cache. You get the container, you put the logbook in, you put the items in there, and you can actually add your own geocache and be a geocache owner. I would not suggest in your backyard... No. I think it would be a great opportunity as a conversation, as a family, to say, okay, let's let's put one together. Where do you think would be a great spot? Mm -hmm. Let's look at the, the location of maybe some significant events happened mm -hmm. that would help with your clues, mm -hmm. which is your waypoints. And so I think it's a great way for them to be the creator of one yes. and monitor and to see how many people have found your cash. Yes. Local parks are great. Lots of businesses. You can find them in mall areas what? and okay. just different businesses. I'm going to look because maybe we should make a geocache somewhere around here in our oh. area. Okay. I think, oh, okay. So I clicked on our location and it looks like there's not a ton around here. So we might maybe make one and offer other people the opportunity. We have a lot of people who go out and walk on their lunch break. Yeah. And so we might have to get some other people involved and see if our coworkers can find our geocache. Yes. And one of the things when, as the creator of it, you really have to put it in a, in a spot that, as we call them, muggles cannot find it and don't take it. Because right. they're not familiar. Like you said, you didn't know families were out there at the at mm -hmm. the park and what they were doing. You would have walked, stumbled upon it and thought, well, why is this here? Right. So it's one of those that you have to be pretty strategic in where you're placing mm -hmm. the box. Yes. And they, all of those people were following the rules because they were being very quiet about it. I actually wondered if they were off there using the facilities <laughs> way off the trail or something because I was like, why, why are they over there? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something to consider as the, the creator of one. I think it'd be great. I think that's something that'd be fun to, to make. Well, Nikki, I loved this idea of geocaching, of kind of having that reason to go outside and just look at places that you might be familiar with, just kind of look at them from a different perspective. Yeah. And the idea of being out of town, and it's hard to know where to go if you're not familiar with the town. And so this is a way for you to explore new places, yes. but still have a purpose, still have some direction. Yep. Yeah. No, it is a, a fun and exciting adventure for the entire family. But just remember to be responsible and be respectful yes. while you're participating. We did do a recording of yes. our last geocache that we found. So if you're interested in hearing the conversation, I believe John Bon Jovi was in the logbook. And I yes. was really super excited. Yes. I thought <laughs> bon Jovi was here. <laughs> 
rolled so. around in the leaves a little bit just in case. <laughs> So yes, I encourage you guys to listen in. We'll put the link to the Geocache app. Yes. And unless you guys download it, we encourage you guys to to let us know how your first experience was. Or maybe you have done geocaching but want to be able to tell other families, yes, this is a great activity. So right. Listen in on our conversation. Okay, now we're ready? All right. We think that this is the one. You found That's it? We think so. What do we got in here? The Ziploc bag. And let's see if it tells us. Ooh, tiny little, look at that tiny little composition notebook. Look at that. We've got a card in here. We've got new log book. Found this by accident <laughs> on 6620. So this logs back all the way. Let's see, I see an 18. Bon Jovi and Bayer G oh. were here. Oh my God, Bon Jovi was here! <laughs> <laughs> March 3rd, 2018. Okay, wow. this is back in 17. 2017 was the new log book. All right. So what's in the Ziploc? Giant Ziploc. what's Zip-lock. in the Ziploc baggie here. Of a park. So this is... Map. Yes. Leave no traces. All right. Since this one really took us beat off the beaten path, we need to know how to get back. Yes, that's very smart. And you know what? We got a little friend in there that we're gonna leave in. Oh. Um, okay, another, I didn't see it. Another map. So this is back on 6-29-2017. I hope that this is the cache that we were supposed to find because my path, it says it's still 30 feet away. Huh. Hey, he was the one that found that other one. Uh, yesterday. We've been following this kid We've around. Been following this one. All right, so we got a pencil, but let's look. Let's use the pen because the pencil doesn't have any. Uh... So we've got Richland to TIS five. I won't say the rest of the date. All right, 2023. So this is like the actual army ammo box it sure is like but it blends in well i mean it's very naturey and it's this kind of rustic green hiding in a dead log i hope that this is the one and here we've lost one of our teammates <laughs> we've lost our boss one of the rules <laughs> of geocaching is to not um, do this by yourself leave no man behind we have less, We've left, left our the boss man. behind. The man. The boss man. Maybe he found the actual one. Maybe. All right, so then now that we found it and we logged in the log book, we need to log it in the app. All right. So we'll take a picture. But don't take a picture of where it is because that could be found as a, used oh. as a clue, just so you all know. So okay. I was going to take a photo. Ooh, nice sky. Like we were saying earlier, nice day to be out. It's a little overcast, not too much sun, but a little warm. All right, and this was our third geocache found of the day for my two friends who are geocaching for the first time.
All right. This has all been pretty close. You know, we have only walked about a mile total from our car and we found three. So don't necessarily have to, you know, plan a whole, whole day. You can. And now that I have, um, I've earned a souvenir now that we have done three geocachings. Oh, okay. South Carolina is home to the United States First Museum, the Charleston Museum, and was the site of the first opera to be performed in America, Collie, Kibber's Flora, or the oh. Hob in the Well. The first battle of the Civil War took place at the South Carolina's Fort Sumter. So I got a souvenir okay. from geocaching.com for logging three. Three. Today. Okay. All right. Now we have to find our friend. All right. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go find. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. oh. I forgot about that. What'd you forget? We forgot to leave our thing, our little um, trinket for them. We're not going to take one. But when you go geocaching, two things. You got to log in your, your, um, that you found it. Sometimes there'll be some things that you can, trinkets that you can take, but you gotta swap. You don't take if you don't have one. So we're gonna leave one and leave the rest in there. Got a little mini baseball there. A little mini squish ball, stress ball. Okay. All right. And we're gonna close it up. Don't move the box for the next person to be able to find it. All right. Back into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> now to find the trail again. Thanks for joining us today. Please hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. We invite you to join us in the conversation using the hashtag TheInfluentialParent on Twitter and tell us how the conversations are going. Tag me, Amanda, using at StoryOfABlake. And I'm Nikki, at Nicole M. Porter. And that's Nicole with an H. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and share the podcast with family and friends.